0: Welcome to the She Slays the Day podcast with Dr. Lauren Brunslick. Direct, soulful, comedic. Advice for female chiropractors' most stagnating questions. Let's talk business, marriage and relationships, moming, and self-development. Here's your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick. Hey everyone, this is Lauren Brunslick, and this is the She Slays the Day podcast and I am so excited about today's topic. I think I say that every week but uh, newsflash, I only pick topics that I really like so I guess it's still true. Um, So I feel like I'm all jacked up on caffeine and like some Taylor Swift uh, because we have so much to cover today. Today we are talking about Getting butts and seats for events. Um, and this is not gonna be specific to chiropractic at all, uh, because this is really any entrepreneur who, you know, need throws events, in-person events, or even virtual events, um, and needs to get people to them. I would be lying if I said that this was one of my favorite parts of the job because it's actually uh, maybe one of my least favorite, not my least least favorite. Um, but because it's frustrating as F you guys, where, you know, you're like, I have an amazing topic. I have great information that I'm going to share. And like what you have to do to get people to those events sometimes is just insane. Um, so we'll, we're going to dive in, uh, but (laughs) for those listening to all of my advice today, Yes, I'm totally going to forget something. I'm sorry, because there's just so many different things. Um, and you just got to be like a ninja for these things, like getting people there. And so if you don't have to work this hard at, to get people to your event, don't put your nose up at me. I'll remind you, I live in a town of 8,900 people. Um, so there, when I do like a Facebook target market of like women ages 25 to 60, it's like mm, there are 1200 women in your target market for this like ad period and i'm like and we're talking like a 60 mile radius okay um so that's why i think that this that's why it's so easy for me to talk about all the different things because we we have to like hustle um we don't get to just like throw up a facebook event because we live in a town of 3 million and 20 people fill there so Um, we're gonna I'm gonna talk fast. So Alicia Davis, if you're out there, make sure I'm not on 2x speed. Um, I'm gonna quick really share that story because it is so funny. So Alicia sent me a message like a month ago or something, and she's like, Oh my gosh, you talk so fast on your podcast. And I do get that. Like my own daughter has asked, like, why do you talk so fast? I can't even listen. I'm like, Calm down. You're not supposed to listen, I swear too much. But anyway, so she then sends me a message like a week ago saying, just laughing, going, Oh my God, I realized that I had my podcast like listener set two times the speed. And she's like, I I just thought you were crazy, you know? Like, and so she thought, like, do you guys know how fast me talking at 2X is? Okay, here's an example of what me talking at 2X is like, it's been crazy, oh, you can't even understand how did she do that for so long. So, like, right? (laughs) Impossible. Okay, so everyone, uh, get your pens and paper. We are going to be, like, dropping some very, very tactical stuff today. Very little room for woo-woo. So before we jump in, though, you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to give my listener highlight. Um, So today, this is Janelle Flowers, and it says... Hey, Dr. Lauren, I wanted to reach out and let you know I'm a fairly new listener and recently caught up episode 26. My God, this spoke to me. Your prayer asked for God to make it obvious, and he definitely did for me speaking through you. I definitely was on the same boat of being so sure about my path until right now as a student at Parker going into my second try. Recently, I started being very conscious of how costly Cairo school is and doubting my capabilities of one day being able to be a business owner or clinician. People could actually take seriously. I've never been one to doubt myself, so this has been particularly difficult, but hearing how it is you encourage other young girls to Pursue this path helps me know I'm in for something truly rewarding. Um, I definitely felt a light shine on the whole situation after listening to your bit on my feelings of uncertainty, not meaning this was the wrong path. It might just be God working to give me a new perspective and more vulnerable approach. I've become a big fan and cannot thank you enough for the teachings you provide to those old and new to chiropractic. Keep up the great work. Janelle, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um and, you know, per usual, like we've kind of started doing, if you send me a DM with your address, I will hook you up with some free She Slays the Day stickers, because if you're going to take the time to write such a nice thing, like it it really brings so much joy to me um, to see that impact, because I've said it before, when you're just talking into a microphone, it is so different than standing on a stage and feeling that energy from the crowd. Um, so if you're going to take the time to write me a review, I'm going to take the time to mail you some swag um, okay so just send me a dm with your with your address now we're going to talk she slay savings whoa 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 um, so if you have not checked out our she, S- she slay savings tab on our website now's a great time to do so Um, So on She Slays, we've got a couple different promos for you guys. One is through the one and only Sandy Spines. She is my favorite chiropractic musculoskeletal watercolorist. Um, She has cool stickers, cool prints that you can hang in your office. Very cool work. Find her on Etsy. Um, Her user store is Sandy Spines. And you can get 10% off your entire order every time just by using promo code She Slays. And... Just for you, if she has stickers in stock, she will hook you up with some free stickers with your order. So make sure you're doing that. And then also for all my chiros out there who have practices of pediatric and prenatal uh, focus, make sure that you are being smart about your time in 2020 and using resources that benefit your patients and save you time. So check out the Connected and Inspired Media app. This is an app specially designed for your clinic full of hands-on resources and tools for your patients to just help them grow and thrive. And it keeps you from having to spend that time in clinic showing it. So it's really a win-win. More for them, less time for you. And you're gonna get 20% off your first month by mentioning She Slays when you sign up. So make sure if you're a Cairo or a student out there, or you just dig, you know, what we do, you're a groupie. You can get benefit from those also. Okay. Let's pray. All right. God, anytime that I do a more tactical episode, I feel like it can be really manipulative. And I never, you know, I don't mean it that way, but when you're talking strategy and tactical, people are people and sometimes techniques and yet, you know, um, so remind us when we are talking about today's topic of getting butts in seats to events to always approach things from a full heart of service. Um, Thinking not about how to get people there for me, but how to get people there so I can serve on them. Because part of filling every event now that I do is I pray to you, for weeks up to do your part, as if you're on my team working for me to guide whoever needs to be there, help them stumble across that post, pull on their heartstrings, like I want you there. And then I always pray before events um, to ask you to deliver what message to, needs to come through for those in the room. More about them, less about me. So in your name we pray, amen. Um, and that's true, everyone. Uh, that. Part of the reason if, you know, you haven't listened to every episode I've explained before that part of the reason that I pray on the show is to center me and remind me that this show is for you and what you need to hear, not a platform for me and what I feel I need to say. And so every time that I pray on the show, it's just kind of that like check in of like, you know what? I'm okay with going off tangent. I'm okay with like whatever. Just let me be the conduit for whatever, whoever's listening, because he knows who's listening and who's gonna listen 10 years from now. So, okay, so let's jump in to our question. Um, So, this question, I'm gonna be 100% honest because I am always. I saw this on a discussion forum on Facebook. And it's really good. And I know the chiropractor. And so I reached out and I said, like, hey, girl, would you mind if we talked about this on the show? And she said, I'd love it. So here's her question. This comes from Dr. Jennifer. So she says, I need help getting butts in seats for events. I'm very gun-shy about scheduling in-person events as we have done events in the past, marketed per several guides and systems, and get zero attendance. I would be ecstatic to even have two people show up, so not putting huge expectations out there. Uh, these also don't include any lunch and learns we schedule, only those workshops, events hosted in office. Looking ahead to events we host, I'm looking for advice, feedback, tools, tricks, magic wand, mm, there ain't any, to get attendees. I'm planning to do more Facebook Live-based webinars and feel like I'm hiding behind those so I don't feel the disappointment of planning to have no one show up. Girl, yes, I feel you uh, hello, 2019 for me. Wait, or was that 2018? I don't even remember now. Uh, yeah. I went through a whole like year where I was like, I'm just going to do this. Um, because I don't want to be embarrassed. Anyways, back to our question. I have a virtual vision board, Facebook live for the end of the month, but really feel like I need to do it in person. Um, thank you. I'm interested in your perspective on this. Okay. So before we jump in, Uh, I do want to address the whole, like, you feel like you should be doing in-person events um, and that you're hiding behind these virtual events. And mm, I'm going to say yes, but no. Um, I would say that in-person events now... This is all my opinion. Like, I am not a marketing expert, and this world changes rapidly. So, lots of people are going to disagree with some stuff I say today. So, I'm just going to put that caveat out there. It's not your podcast, it's mine. So, I'm just going to boldly say my opinion on stuff. Um, so, I think in our culture, in our society today, you can get away with more online events than you ever could before. But you do need to realize that online events are not easier than in-person events. In fact, well, it kind of depends on your goal, but like online events, no matter what your goal is, whether it's to get new patients or to just purely educate it is just as hard, it is just as much work to actually be at the end finish line with people having heard your message. Um, It might be easier to get people to give you a false like, oh yeah, sure, I'll sign up and if you email me the replay. And so like, it's not easier. But what I do think you're acknowledging is that the it is easier from a not having to address uh, problems type of thing. Meaning like you don't have to deal with shame and embarrassment that you tried something and big air quotes here failed. Okay. Because that's what we do when we go like, I tried this event and one person signed up. And it's a failure. I'm a failure. Our clinic's a failure. Everything's going down like the ship is sinking. And we start to spiral. And so it's this much safer thing of like, no, I'm going to record. And then like whoever shows up and then I'll email out the replay. And in my head, all 40 people who I emailed out the replay to watched every word and they listened while not multitasking. And they love me. And they're going to call on Monday to sign up. And so you don't like you just get to like sit in this little la la land. And then what's gonna happen is you're going to look back on your numbers and speaking from like everything that you're saying, I have been there. Like I said, I think it was like early 2019, where it's like, yep, I totally get it. And then guess what happened? Our new patient numbers tanked. Because we were still working our butts off and doing all these events, but we were it's so much different, different and difficult it's not more difficult, but it's just so much different and equally difficult to close new patients and get that sale when they're not in the room. So it's just a totally different ball game. Um, And so you can hide behind these webinars for a while. But what's going to happen is if you don't put on your grown up panties, and is it pants or panties? I don't know. And like get back out there to make those closes in the room. You're going to likely see new patients numbers go down. Um, like I said, speaking from, <laughs> the, you know what I hate? Okay. Soapbox God's like, Lauren, you need to admit this or tell this part. I hate, uh, people who are so protective of their image as a successful person that they never share that they have failures, even while they're being wildly successful. So what we think is that once you become good at something, you are successful and everything you do past then is successful, but that is not the case. We have had wildly successful events and have had events that flopped absolutely to this day have flopped and i'm going to bet that there's not a single entrepreneur out there who is honestly reflecting on themselves and like it's going like nope we're always perfect and we always sell out and it's like "Mm, i don't have room for that in my life that kind of like ego and bs so um I have failed. I have learned. I have, I am scrappy when it comes to these events. And the big thing that I always come back to is it's never easy. It's never easy. We just don't have a product. You know, it's easy to get people to, oh my gosh. Oh, my blood was boiling. Um, so there's this new really adorable, like wine and cheese bar in town. And, um, they're amazing people. They're actually like their owners are like the mom of my husband's best friend. So anyway, so like love them. I am so happy for their success. Um, they throw through an event out on Facebook, did like no advertising at all sold out within like a day because it was like fun. It was women making Christmas wreaths and drinking wine and eating cheese boards with their friends. Hello? Like who doesn't want to go to that? And so Before we get started, we are just going to play the world's tiniest violin for all of us out here who have like these products um, that we're selling, whether we're selling life insurance or chiropractic or Rodan and Fields or whatever we're selling, that people are like not as interested as they are at drinking wine and making a Christmas wreath with their friend. Okay. So Kirby, if you can like overplay, um, that Sarah McLachlan song, like right now, like in the arms of an angel, that would be fantastic. Okay. Small violin moment. Done. Okay. So let's get tactical. First, we have to acknowledge that things have changed. This is my 10th year in practice. And even though I'm selling something that like not everybody thinks they want, it was easier. It was just easier to get people at our events. One, when I was a new kid in town, nobody knew any much about our brand. They were excited because they're like, Ooh, what is this? Who's this person? Like, you know, th- that was easier. And then also, um, five years ago, plus people were not, I don't want to say they weren't quite as busy, but they were a lot less skeptical because they weren't as marketed to now people are marketed to air aware so they there's this level of skepticism that really gets in your way so for instance like the whole um Kirby uses this example when we're talking to our team of like making events that people want to come to so like he is interested in financial investment that's like just he would read a book on it he's a nerd and if we got a postcard in the mail from a local financial advisor saying, I will buy you dinner at this fancy steakhouse in town if you come to listen and learn about financial investment for an hour, Kirby would immediately be like, uh uh-uh. uh, nope, because red flags go up like, you're a financial advisor buying, willing to buy me a steak dinner gee, I wonder if this is going to be a sales pitch. And anybody who has sat through a timeshare once before, um, oh my gosh, if you have not, you are going to do everything in your life to avoid having to do that again. Um, <laughs> like, so we had these like major, like flashers that go off anytime that we're like, as a consumer to these things of like, oh, I may want to buy activewear, but like if I know I I know if I'm going to my friend's like activewear pop up party, guess what I'm buying whether I want to or not activewear. So like we just know. So when you're a chiropractor doing a workshop on ear infections, guess what people think? They go like hmm. Let me guess, chiropractic helps ear infections and you're gonna sell me chiropractic. So like, it's not necessarily that they're opposed to hearing that, but people are really, really busy. So they, if they're like, okay, I can connect the dots literally just from your advertising, chiropractic can help ear infections, great. When I'm ready to try chiropractic, I will just call you up if the ear infections are bad enough. So they think that like, that's all you're gonna say. They're not seeing this perceived value. So like, they're just, they're busy as F and they connect the dots quicker um so and also we already did our violin moment so we're not gonna do it now but like the algorithm okay f you mark zuckerberg i'm sorry i i'm sure that like little spiders on the internet are listening i take it back please don't strike me down um but like facebook is not a business's friend anymore and oh man it used to be um So it's just a different world. It's a totally different world where you can't just throw five bucks at a Facebook live or um, an ad or an event and get it in front of people and them buying it like it just is not the same anymore. Um, So step one with your butts in seat is really identify the purpose of the event Okay, so is the purpose new patients is the purpose showing appreciation? Is this like a family fun day Um, or is it educational for existing patients? You know, really, what is the what's the purpose? Because a lot of times we don't we subconsciously forget to even identify what this is or consciously forget to identify what this is. And then we try making our events everything. So like, if you're having a patient appreciation event, I don't know, take the stress off and maybe not worry about like hustling for new patients at that. Just throw yourself a really good patient appreciation event. Um, You know, if it is new patients, you know, you're going to need to approach things slightly differently. That means that advertising to your current patients is not likely going to be as beneficial. But really, what is that purpose that it's serving? Because it's going to take time, a lot of energy. We have a huge team. And so if you're just a team of like two people, you got this. But like, you just got to focus. You cannot be like um, distracted by fancy, like little shiny objects with your event. Identify the purpose and then set the goals. So like if you identify like we want to have a feel good. I'm going to use this example because we just came off Um, our January events are usually our like our favorite biggest event of the year um, because it's kind of a combination of we're not selling chiropractic, but yes, we want new patients um, and but current patients can go. It's a really feel good event for women and we're just coming off of that. So I'll use that as an example. You know, so once we say, okay, the purpose of these, this event is to empower women. If new patients come from it, fantastic. And you know, I'm gonna try and do a little thing here um, at the event to get new patients from it, but like the goal is to make an event that empowers women. And then the goal behind is I want 75 women in the room. Okay, so you'll come back to this strategically later. Of like, you know, if your location can only hold 40 people, like you're going to come back and kind of pick apart like, okay, I am expecting 10 of them to come from my front desk person, like talking to people. I'm going to expect five of them to come from, you know, patients bringing friends. But like you can go back to that number and figure out because you don't get to just be like, oh, I want 100 people to come to my event. And then you're like, gee, how come five? Well, you didn't have a strategy as to like where those 100 people were going to come from. Okay, so once you kind of figured out your purpose and the goals, you need to figure out what the actual like what the event is. So what is the meat and potatoes? And this needs to have value. Okay, I'm going to say that again for those who were maybe distracted loading the dishwasher right now. The number one takeaway of why people are not coming to your events is because they do not perceive your event as having enough value value. So when you are looking at your event, you have to go much further into value than we used to have to do. Before, value was a free dinner. Now society, like we said, is like, uh-uh, keep your free dinner. I don't want to sit in an awkward sales pitch. So you have to know your target audience audience for an event. Um, because if you're just speaking to everyone, you're not likely going to land on many people. There is a chiropractor who I follow, who just is so authentically herself and so cool. Um, but like she has full moon gatherings. Okay. I don't know how many people come to that event. I don't know. Um, the story I'm telling myself is that I couldn't get away with doing that in Rice Lake. And I think that's probably bullshit. I totally could. Um, but believe me, that is a very niche people, like target audience, who is looking to come to like a full moon women's circle with drums beating and stuff. So know that target audience, and then you have to understand their pain points. Now, their pain points are not it's not like what the problem is. It tends to be like the emotion associated. I mean, it's just deeper than that. So for instance, if you're going to do an ear infection workshop, a lot of times saying, Hey, I'm doing an ear infection workshop. You're a mom and dad, your kid gets ear infections. Pain point. You want to come to my workshop. Uh Uh, that might've used to work. It doesn't really work anymore. Again, maybe you live in a town of like 20 gazillion people and all you have to do is throw an ear infection workshop out there and you like sell out. Awesome. Doesn't work that way in small towns. Um, so instead you have to like really figure out what go deeper in that pain point. Like, okay, so ear infections, okay, so that child has a lower immune system, the parent is frustrated because they feel like they did everything right, they're missing school, like you have to go really down to like almost where when you're writing content for all of this, that some a mom should read it and go, oh my gosh, are you in my head? Um, And so your content is not like, hey, come listen to Dr. Lauren talk about why kids are getting ear infections today and what you can do to help. It's just not catchy anymore. It has to really elicit um, that deeper emotion and struggle that that parent has. You need to explain to them like you need to point out a problem that they don't even realize they have and tell them you're going to solve it. Okay. Um, so you're, because you're up against, you're up against virtual information. You're up against a blog on everything. Okay. So again, uh, here's an example. If I'm a chiropractor, I'm really beating this ear infection horse dead, but like, I don't know, it's just in my head. So it'll be, um, so if I'm a chiropractor and I pay a ton of money for an ad, on like of my event, an ear infection workshop. And um, somebody sees it, my target market sees it. And they're like, oh, interesting. A chiropractor is doing an event for ear infections. Guess what they can do at that moment? They can Google, can chiropractic help ear infections? By the way, all you non-chiros out there, yes, it can. If your kid has ear infections or you have sinus infections, like stop oh, stop living in pain. Go see a chiropractor, please. Anyways. um, So, you know, they can make that association and go like, oh, okay, well, hey, maybe I'll go to a chiropractor sometime to help my kid with their ear infections, but they're not going to take time out of their schedule to get a babysitter or, you know, like, ask dad to watch the kids so she can go and learn this information because it's like oh okay I I already anticipate that what you're going to tell me the perceived value of the event is you're going to say chiropractic it works for for ear infections cool not enough value and so um it need that value point is just it's just really the key It is you and we can't explain a million different ways to add value to your event because there's just so many different events that you have to get creative and realize you're going to need to go past like swag. You're going to need to go past a free dinner. You're going to have to go past like, oh, it's a date night for you and your husband. Um, Because again, people can go on a date night like they don't need you to buy them. Dinner in order for them to like have a date night. Like they want date night, but like if they're gonna pay for a babysitter, they'd probably just rather go do that. So you just have to figure out your target market for the purpose of your event and what is going to be valuable to them. Um, the other thing that is really sucks is we don't live in a very learning society anymore. Well, okay, I take that back because we are curious, but we have ADHD when it comes to instant gratification. So like I said, if I'm even remotely interested in your event and I can put the pieces together enough to immediately do a Google search to answer the question that you say you're going to answer two weeks from now on a Wednesday night at 6 30 PM, but I just found a blog. Like, so we have that instant gratification of like, oh, cool. I don't need to go to your event. I already know what you're going to say. Um, and so when you're marketing your event, it is that balance between making sure that you're providing something that carrot that people can't just go like, eh, eh, okay, great. I Googled it. I don't need you. Um, okay. So next we need to start early. Um, So when I say start early, I mean on your end lining up things, not necessarily marketing it. So about two months before the event, um, I will sit down with our marketing coordinator and we will lay out an entire like timeline. So like when we need to have the lead magnets made by, when we need to have the postcards or the posters, when we need to arrange this, when we want Facebook ads going out. Like we create the timeline for everything with deadlines. And so it's like, okay, this is our plan of attack because you're really only gonna start pushing your event like two to three weeks before the actual event. Okay, I know I, I I heard you gasp, okay? Like two to three weeks, yeah. Um, you can do four. Here's what I'll tell you, you're gonna get, you might get a couple ticket sales, um, but you're gonna get like basically people being like, hmm, if something better doesn't come up, I might go to that. Uh, they're not really excited because like, they don't know, like, I don't really know what I'm doing a month from now. Like, I know I don't have anything planned right now. I'm interested, but nobody's really biting. And so then Facebook says your event isn't really getting a lot of traction. I'm going to bury this because it's not that exciting. Um, and there's no sense of urgency because like, Oh, I have, I have time to figure out if I want to go to that event or not. So I'm not saying you can't have a Facebook event up or an Eventbrite event up a month before, but like I just wouldn't bang your head up against the wall doing lives and all of that a full month before where you're like really going to be driving people to like buy tickets now. Buy tickets now is like that two and a half weeks spot and that is scary Um, but that's why it's so important that when you get to two and a half weeks you have such a game plan of like we are going to do an insta story every day we've already created the insta stories so when it gets to two and a half weeks you're not making the content it's already made we're gonna have three ads running like it's all the game plan is done you are just in pure execute the strategy mode Um, You're going to see as I list out the things we do that we really go at our big events from all angles, any freaking angle we can. Uh, TikTok is a big thing right now. We don't use TikTok, Mm. but I don't know. I don't even know if you can advertise on TikTok. Here's the deal. If I was doing an event for teenagers, um, I, I, might, I might use TikTok. Uh, so we go just from it from multiple, multiple, every single angle that is relevant to the event. So <laughs> here's a question that comes up for people to charge or not to charge for the event. I go either way on this one. Um, again, it depends on your event. If you could have a ton of people show up and your brand would not be negatively affected by being underprepared, then I say do an event and get those emails. Um, Like that's the incentive of doing a free event is that as long as you register it on something like Eventbrite, you're going to gather an email for anybody even remotely interested in the event. And you can use that later, even if they don't show up to your event. Now, one of our more successful events of the year is at this vodka distillery that um, only seats 38 people and we cater it. Like I have a caterer bring in food for 40 people and I'd be okay. Like if we did free and like 17 people showed up, like cool, but it would look like a shit show if 70 people showed up. Like, And then guess what? People are mad because they literally can't get in. So for events where it's like, I I have to at least charge something, um, we've charged like five bucks. And we'll even say like that that five bucks is going to a nonprofit. You can do that. But like, don't be afraid to charge a more nominal amount. Um, We've also done events where we've charged like 15 or $25. I like the flexibility with a... With a higher priced event, you can start to like manipulate uh, sales and promo codes to create a sense of urgency. So like if your event is free, you can't be like, and for the next two days, it's extra free. Um, <laughs> but you can't, you know, for somebody sitting on the fence, but if somebody's sitting on the fence on this $10 event and you go for the next two days, tickets are five bucks and we're going to donate that to your nonprofit of choice. I don't, that would be a, that'd be really hard to execute. Don't do that. Um, but then, you know, that's much more like, Ooh, okay. I'm going to make a decision right now because I have until tomorrow at 11 59 PM to decide. So I'm going to get off the fence. So I like charging. Um, but sometimes I definitely see like, if you're doing a virtual event, freeze, great. Get that email, um, for sure. So, okay. So let's swing into email because I am still shocked how many people are not utilizing emails for their small business. Okay. We are going to do an entire episode on emails because unfortunately I cannot go into, um, all of it right now, because it is its whole, this is a whole crazy world. Like there are podcasts, only about like building emails well not only jenna kutcher if you don't listen to her podcast it is about building email lists and like content for emails like it is a huge thing and that's because that world of marketing is becoming so much more important as we lose the ability to be in front of someone on social media you know people don't really listen to radio so you know (laughs) decades ago or whatever. Um, we lost the ability to pay for an ad that would be in their ear. Um, then we, people stopped kind of reading the newspaper. So we lost the ability to be, you know, flipped over on page two. Um, then social media was fantastic. And then we lost the ability to even guarantee that our target market is seeing us. So emails are great because, you know, you're sending it to them. It's still not a guarantee they're going to open it. You can't just send out crap, but like it's going into their inbox. That's for sure. Well, or their spam, but either way, it is still one of the best ways to get people to see what you have to say. So for current patients, if you're not like doing something with the email address, okay, biggest takeaway if you're not collecting the email address on every single new patient stop it stop it you idiot and start taking the email and putting it somewhere <laughs> like put it somewhere and go like okay one day I'm going to start doing something with these emails like you don't have to start doing something now but step 1 get that email um I would say that this is so important that uh so okay again Like, remember that I started in 2010. So like on our original intake form, it asked for email, but it wasn't such a big deal back then that we weren't even putting it like into our data in our electronic health records. So I paid, I mean, I paid some good hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars for my front desk person, you know, basically when I was gone for two days at a seminar them. I'm like, all right, so what you're going to be doing while I'm gone is going through all of that paperwork and typing out that email that they wrote on that paperwork and like storing it. So now, you know, hopefully you know that this is important enough. You're putting it in, but like, yeah, it's worth it. And if you're not, if you have, like if they fill it out somewhere, but you just haven't stored it, pay your front desk to go through every single intake and collect those emails. Bare minimum, if you're short for time, just do your target market. So if your target market's like females, like, okay, just start with your female patients getting those those emails. Um, So if you're like, well, what's the purpose of sending an email to my current patients? Because my goal is to really get new patients. Yeah, I hear you. Um, What I'll say is that the longer you've been in business, you know, people fall off. And so my current new or my current patient email list is in the thousands, but I don't know. I don't have an exact percentage. I wouldn't be surprised if like 40 to 60% is not active patients. Like there are people who consider me their chiropractor, or maybe they don't, maybe they moved on with their life. Um, but they just fell off the bandwagon. So like, I haven't seen them in a year and a half. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to send an email to my current patients because I want new patients. Well, guess what? I will take a reactivation any day. Um, So also, you can really emphasize that like, if you have a cool, hip, 30-year-old mom who comes to your clinic, she probably hangs out with other like-minded, cool, hip, 30-year-old moms. So sending her an email and saying like, Hey girl, like I have this event coming up. I I think you'd really love it. And here's a coupon for bringing a friend for free. Or like, you know, we're going to enter you to win a massage. Anybody who brings a friend is entered to win a 60 minute massage or like, like don't keep in mind that your current patients hang out with other target market, just like them. That's just how people work. So I would rather have an event that had 20 people at it where 10 of them I had no chance of becoming new patients because they're already existing patients but they brought 10 new patients like 10 friends for me to sell to um then have two people because I was like oh there's no point in talking to my current patients and okay sell yes I know I just said that word and it kind of made me like my skin crawl a little bit like That's what we're doing. We're selling health. We are up against a completely different system that advertises like sick care nonstop, and we're so damn afraid to be like, oh, I don't wanna say I'm selling chiropractic to their friends. Yes, I am. Becky, you freaking had migraines and we're on six medications before you saw me. I'm not afraid to say, hey, Becky, do you have friends that have migraines? I would like to talk to them about chiropractic and I might, I'm not going to be like that. Okay. But like essentially in a much different voice, but like if you're freaked out about like, ooh, selling, like get over yourself, there are people who need to hear what you have to say at this event. So you just got to be strategic how you're going to get them there. Okay. For non, oh my gosh, I still have so much more information to go. Okay. So non-current patients. Um, you don't have their emails likely because why would you? So unless you're good. So we're going to talk about something called a lead magnet really quick. A lead magnet is basically a PDF or like a like uh, common ones are like five myths every mom should know about dairy or like um, the most essential things every new mom needs. Obviously those were both like mom, very specific, but it's just like a simple PDF that you make look pretty, like one to two pages on Canva. And you are going to have to make a landing page. So here's, here's the steps. Create PDF of like something valuable that somebody would want. Okay. Create a catchy name for it. Make an ad that says like free download for X. Okay. Make a landing page ad sends them to the landing page where they put in their email with the promise to get this free download. Then you deliver the download. Okay. Like it's, it's, I know it's not easy. Like, like I said, we're going to do a whole thing on emails at some point, but like, this is what you do. Okay. So like, here's the bait that I know you want and I'm going to give it to you, but you're going to give me your email. You do this all day long. When you go to websites, whether you realize it or not, like, Hello, you go to Athleta and they're like, "Mm, get a 25% off coupon by giving us your email on your, you know, like just constantly we are being bombarded with like, I'll give you 10% off your order today if you give me your email. Okay, so um, that's called a lead magnet or an opt-in, like it can be called different things. But that's really nice because, so you always want to make sure your lead magnet matches the vibe of the event you're going to do. So here's an example. We're going to be doing a pregnancy workshop in March. So what I'm doing, it's currently the middle of January as I'm recording this, and what is on my to-do list like yesterday was to create a lead magnet of the 10 must-haves every 2020 mom needs. Okay, I didn't write down that words, but like those words in some kind of order. Like basically, what are the 2020 must-haves for every new mom? There we go. That's what it's going to be named. Um, And I'm just going to make it a thing and I'm going to put it out there on Facebook and I'm going to pay for it to be in front of a bunch of 20 to 37 year olds. Um, because it's an easy thing that, like, if I'm pregnant, I'm going like, Oh, what are the things that I need to register for? You know, like, especially since it's a pregnancy workshop, actually, I'll probably shift the thing to be like 10 must like things to be on your registry. Like, because then I know I'm not even getting moms, I'm getting pregnant women who are interested in that. So then, so it's like January, and so that's gonna run from now until the time of our event. And what's gonna happen is emails are just gonna come in of women interested in what they need to put on their like on their baby shower registry, boom. So then when I have an email to go out to say, hey, I'm doing a pregnancy workshop, Send it, send it to them, okay? So it's like this, it's kind of like this fun little game of like, how can you get the emails and um, do stuff with it? Also emails take pressure off the sale at the event because if you have their email, like yes, it is so much easier to like build on momentum that you get in an event. um, But if you don't get the close, you have like what's called, you would create a nurture sequence where, which is a series of emails going out to anybody who wasn't a patient, who didn't sign up at your event that, you know, could. And so you kind of like, it's called a nurture sequence because you nurture them and say like, Hey, come on. I kn- you didn't sign up, but like, come on, here's your offer type thing. Oh my gosh. I am struggling because like, I want to go off on a huge tangent so much more on email. when I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm going to say discipline. This is butts and seat. An email is just one of the things. Okay. Two partner up. So um, this is like doing a cross promotion with another event in town that is like like minded on the event. So whether it's if you're doing a, like if you could bring a lactation consultant in, um, it's that more value. So like I said, when I said early, earlier that if I'm a chiropractor talking about ear infections, sir, what do you think I'm going to talk about chiropractic and ear infections. Now, if I'm a chiropractor who has a nutritionist coming in and um, infant massage to talk about chiropractic or sorry, to talk about ear infections. Now, all of a sudden, you, you can't necessarily just do a simple Google search. You're like, oh. Well, it can't be. What is she going to say? So like, yes, could they do this? But it becomes more complicated, that value. And so do I get 60 minutes to talk about chiropractic? Nope. I got to have a tight 20. But if I'm hosting the event, like they get to like see the clinic, they get to see me, they get to get all this information. And then I get to still talk about chiropractic in front of them. I got them there. Okay. Um, So bringing in speakers, um, you can also give away tickets. So like if, uh, we have, again, this is where it's nice if it's not free. So like if you're doing a women's event and there is a really cool boutique in town, um, whose target market is your target market for this event, give them two tickets and say like, Hey, I would love to give you these two tickets to give away to your followers on Facebook. Like, and so that's because they're going to get value by showing their Facebook people like, Hey, I got this cool thing. It's like, if I get something free for you guys, I'm excited. If I get a discount for you guys, I'm excited. So it's a similar thing. As long as it makes sense, like you can't go back to that well over and over. So you need to really make sure you pick when you do that appropriately. Um, but like, yeah, give out two free tickets to them and say like, yeah, give away because it's just going to broadcast to their audience. Um, Again, to the speakers, give your speakers two tickets away to give away. But like anybody who has um, a similar message or brand that goes along with this, like get them, give them something to give away. Uh, okay, so Facebook ads, there, You have to be doing ads. Please do ads. You have to because if you don't do ads anymore, Facebook won't show you shit. It just won't. Um, so the way we do ads is there's a couple different ways. So you can just design like straight up, I am making an ad um, and I would recommend making like two or three, like one that's like a little 15 second video, um, one that is like a more stagnant still image and put like them all out, put all three of them out on Facebook and then watch over the next uh, 24 hours and see which ones are performing best. You know, you're going to set your target market. Like again, I'm not going to talk you through how to do a Facebook ad, how to make a Facebook video ad or things like that right now. We don't have time. Um, but you're going to look and see which one's performing. If one is not performing for you, just cancel it. That's cool. No problem. Don't worry about it. Not taking judgment or shame. This is, this is a world of experimentation and sh- judging yourself of like, oh, I put an ad out there and it's not performing like no time for that. So the one that is performing for you, double your money on it. Okay. Cancel the other one, double the one that's working for you. Do more like that. Okay. So if your 15 second videos are working, make another 15 second video, And that is super important is the ads. Um, You could also, you know, if you're doing lives, like you should be doing lives, um, you can kind of watch the organic reach of that over 24 hours as well. And if something is getting organic traction, then I will uh, put some money on it and like make sure. But like you don't necessarily need to throw $5 on a live that you thought was going to be good because other people might not like it. You just might've missed the mark a little bit. That's okay. Do something different. Like just do it again, do it different, but see those things that have traction and double down your money on them. Um, some, so Facebook's really pushing groups also. So it's not enough to just have a Facebook page, but if you can have a Facebook group, so for instance, I talked about the pregnancy workshop we're going to be doing in March. Um, we're going to say like there's a Facebook group for this, that during the entire month, while we're doing this four-part workshop, you know, we're going to be posting all of these extra things. It's like this added value. They want to be in the workshop because they also want all the stuff that that private group is going to get. Um, so as you're adding people, you know, just see if that's appropriate. It's totally not appropriate for every event. And you do want to close those groups within a certain time after. Um, but you know, just see, is this an event that a group would work? If you have a group, go live in the group. If you have that Facebook event, go live in the Facebook event. Because that's also something. So so often, so let's say you throw out a Facebook event and you have 60 people interested. Two going, thanks a lot. What is, what is interested? Anyways, so Facebook, so if you are, okay, I'll give specifics. So let's say you have 1,500 people who like your Facebook page. And then you have this Facebook event, and 70 people are interested in the event. You are very likely going to get a live about the event to actually end in more direct ticket sales if you do a live in the event, because Facebook is going to show it to those 70 people. So, like, you that's where it's like you kind of might need to do two lives, but think about doing it. Like if you have enough people interested in the event, but they're not like going through and buying the ticket, that's where you'd want to do a live. Like, Hey, everybody on the fence today, we're running a flash sale. Like use this promo code specific to you like dirt Um, okay. Instagram. Yeah. I mean, you know, use it. Of course, Insta story. Um, bleh. If you got a lot of people on Instagram, of course, like put something on it, but like don't, if you don't have a lot of your target audience following you on Instagram, um, work on your Instagram first, but like, just don't put a ton of time into that. We use stories. Um, we don't have the swipe up option. Bummer, not 10,000, but you can do ads on that. Um, and then also now it easily goes over to Facebook stories. So, um, I would put more time into Facebook stories, of like creating a two to four story long thing for an event than I would necessarily a still image. Um, Oh, that's not always true though, too, because it depends. If you live in like a big town, like if you're in Dallas, then you can use those hashtags of like Dallas Moms Group, Holistic Moms of Dallas, yada, yada, yada. So like, yeah, it still does play, but just realize that unless there's hashtags that are super specific and relevant to your geography and your event, you know, you just got to balance. You cannot do everything unless, I don't know, you have a team of 15 people. Okay. So there are phases to ticket sales also, um, meaning that you're going to start the release. Let's say you start the release of your ticket sales, like three to four weeks out. Okay. You've got ads going. Okay. Uh, now eight weeks out, eight to 10 weeks out, you started getting emails from your lead magnet. But like, this is where like, all right, Facebook event live, and you can now officially buy tickets if you want to. So you've got your ads going. So then let's say that you get, um, you know, about two and a half weeks out from the event, you're going to do something to kind of like create a sense of urgency. All right. So you're not just going to be like, all right, my event's sitting there. Now you're going to do like, okay, for the next three days, there's this sale going on for the event. It ends at this time and this date. So that takes all those people that are sitting on the fence of like, "Mm, I don't really know. Do I want to buy a ticket? I'll wait and make a decision the day of if I want to do it. They're like, oh shoot, I really do want 50% off. You know, type of thing. Okay. And then you close that sale. Prices go back to normal. Um, Then, you know, as you get closer, you do a different thing. Like, okay, the next 20 tickets sold are going to get a, get to take home a special, like a essential oil blend, like roller that night or a swag bag, or, you know, just like, it's that, that thing that like, okay, for the next number of tickets, the next number of days, um, today only anybody who buys a ticket will get entered to win. an Adirondack chair. I don't freaking know. Um, but you have these little like things. So often what we do is we just throw our event out there and then we like pay for ads and we're like, hmm. but you know, there's a lot of people interested, but why aren't they buying tickets? Because you're not creating a sense of urgency or an extra advantage to like make the decision now. So what people want to do is they go like, well, I would go to that event. Like my kid does get ear infections. Um, it sounds fun, but like, what if something better comes up? and I've already bought a ticket. Shoot. What I'll do is I'll decide the morning of if something better has come up, and then I'll buy the ticket. And then they forget, because guess what happens? It's the morning of, their life is stressful, and they're like, uh, I want to go, but I really just want to come home tonight. Like, I didn't get much sleep last night, and I just want to go home and, like, just have a quiet night in. Our lives are so busy. So, you got to like create that, like, no, you need to buy a ticket. You need to buy a ticket like a week and a half out. You got to like push them off the fence. Um, you know, do a final push of like buy one, get one free, bring a friend sale, like all those things, like just think creatively. Oh my gosh. Okay. So obviously this is a lot. Um, I, like I said in the beginning, I know that there is more that you can do. These are the big ones. And I talked so fast. I am like, my voice hurts, you guys. Um, this is gonna, I should have told you, maybe slow down this episode. Um, and just think creatively, okay? If I had to leave you with like three final things, as I would say, be creative. Be smart about your event. We no longer live in a day where you get to rinse and repeat the same thing that worked for your last event, or even if it's the same event you did last year. You have to sit and allow that time, go to a coffee shop by yourself without distractions and think of creative ways to get this out there because that's the world we live in right now. Um, You know, just from a creative standpoint, for instance, I noticed that on our last event that our patients don't see posters in our clinic. Like I think we've just desensitized them completely to posters, they don't see them. They're in and out, they don't look at our posters at all. So like for our pregnancy workshop that we have coming up, we're gonna create a display. So what I'm gonna do is I'm going to get like a bunch of boxes of organic baby diapers and make like a display out of like 10 boxes of diapers that is going to grab someone's attention. Because if you're a patient and you come in, you're like, what's up with all the diapers? Now, what am I going to do with all those diapers? Gee, I don't know. Uh, give them away. Um, you know, like that would be a great thing. Anybody who enters to win is going to get a free box of like organic diapers at the event. Donate them to a homeless shelter. I don't know what I'm going to do with the diapers, but I do know that like I'll use them. I'll use them somehow to incentivize people to come. Um, And you can probably come up with cheaper options than spending $200 on diapers. But like, just be creative with those bottlenecks. People don't see my posters. Then do something better. Do something cooler. Be different. Um, Whenever possible, be consistent. Don't look at an event. If you did a breastfeeding event and it was great, the material was great, the value was there, but people didn't come, do it again. Because here's the deal is there's a whole bunch of people out there who likely wanted to come, but weren't pregnant yet. Who wanted to come, but wouldn't have given birth yet. Who wanted to come, but their sister-in-law was getting married that day. So do not scratch off an event that you think is valuable and good and just be like, well, apparently people weren't interested. No. Um, Sometimes it just takes like consistency. So we're going to be starting a crunchy Northwest Mamas group that'll meet up once a month in our clinic. And I fully anticipate that the first one is gonna suck. Not the material, but that like, there might be one to two moms who show up. But guess what? We're gonna do it consistently. We're gonna do it the third Thursday every month for at least six to nine months to give it a chance to catch up. So if it's something like that, like just don't say it didn't work because the first time didn't. Sometimes people just need to know like, okay, you're gonna be doing this again though? Good, because I am interested, I do wanna come. Um, and lastly, debrief. This is something that we have failed to do so many times, and it just causes us to have to reinvent the wheel every time that we're doing an event. Look back on an event, what worked, what didn't work, what would you do differently next time, and take notes. Like, physically write it down store it somewhere so you can use it um but learning from those experiences like nobody came okay what what happened why not was it a bad date was it like do not sit there and go i don't know why nobody came that's bullshit if you listen to this entire episode and you had an event that you're looking at and you're like i don't know why anybody like nobody came then you are still throwing yourself a pity party and you're not going to move forward. Sorry, Dr. Jen, I'm not saying you're doing this. I'm just saying other people. Um, Like you are not, you are getting in your own way of figuring out problems and solving them by continuing to say your story that you're doing everything and people just don't like you and they don't want what you have. Well, okay, maybe that's true. Figure out how to sell them something they want then. Oh, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that we don't run a podcast that is, like, pure strategy, tactical, everything, like, every time. Because it's exhausting, y'all, to step into that, like, like, whoa, strategy, mode, ugh, uh, alpha, yes, power, dominate. It's exhausting. So I look forward to, like, a much more, like, feely woo-woo one coming up soon. Um, although I'm pretty sure uh, that the things that we have coming at you guys, like you guys are requesting just like real life shit. And that's fantastic. So maybe not, maybe I just have to get more endurance and be like, all right, here's, here's what I have to tell you. Okay. So that is it. That is getting butts in seat. Remember you will always fail and you will always succeed. It is never like, you're not bad. You just have to keep trying again. You need to be persistent and have like a tough armor because you will get beat up in this world of marketing. And it doesn't mean that your event wasn't good. It just means like, learn, try again. All right, ladies, until next week. Bye, She Slayers. Hey, She Slayers. Are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients, plus they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast, and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer, don't wait.